Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Pav. And I'm Neil. And welcome to the Top 10 of Anything podcast. Let's start the countdown! To become a sporting icon takes passion, commitment, a single-minded vision to be the very best at whatever you do. Some sporting icons have that sliver of the devil inside them. Maybe that's why they are sporting icons. Here's our own sliver of the devil with 10 sporting icon facts. Hit it, Neil. Thank you very much, Pab. So, Roger Bannister held the world record in the mile for exactly 46 days. I hope it was worth it, my friend, because you've got a night in the clink coming up. (laughs) When the Americans defeated the favourite England in the 1950 World Cup, the story goes that many newspapers around the world believed the 1-0 score to be a typo and instead printed that England won 10-1. Jordan Clarkson almost came in my lap. In the 1970s, Jack Nicholas played all 40 majors and made the top 10 in 35 of them. At least he held on to the helmet. Tiger Woods once made 142 straight cuts, topping Jack Nicholas's record by 37 and routinely, routinely leading the next best active player by 100 or more so tournaments. Welcome to your Kodak moment. Babe Ruth only won four World Series in 15 seasons with the New York Yankees. Well, the bowler's holding, the batsman's winning. <laughs> Bob Bowman's 1968 Olympic record in the long jump would have won the 2012 Olympics by almost two feet. Where's the cue ball going? Starting in, the 90, starting in 1990, Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls never had a three-game losing streak for eight years. Unbelievable, Jeff! And before becoming known as Muhammad Ali, he changed his name to Cassius X. Oh, fiddlesticks. Pelly scored a, a total of 1,283 first-class goals, including 77 for Brazil. Unbelievable, Jeff. And John McEnroe was ranked number one in the world for four years straight, 1981 to 1984. Well, the bowler's holding, the batsman's winning. <laughs> Indeed. Thank you very much, Neil, for those wonderful facts, that little sliver of the devil I can see. I've seen many times. (laughs) Uh, Welcome. 
top 10 sporting icons, and we couldn't think of anyone better to uh, join us for this than the one and only Ollie from the Team of Our Lives podcast. Hello. Welcome again, Ollie. It's lovely to have you here. It's lovely to be back. And I promise you, promise me you're not going to play the Aguero. Um, it is not on my signboard. As it last is not, time. I honestly, it's not anywhere to be seen. So don't Good. worry. There we go. You've well, had yeah, a bad enough happen. season as it is. I don't need to rub the salt in the wounds any deeper. It's quite, yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, it's quite all right. No, cheers. Thanks for having me back, guys. Um, pleasure. Good to see you. Good to see you. So with both of you guys, um, what were your guidelines and criteria for this top 10? Because for me, a lot of them are personal sporting icons, as opposed to somebody that you could generally say is a sporting icon. For, I'd say probably 75% of the ones I've got in my top 10 are personal to me only. So start with you, Ollie. Where where did you say Yeah, I, I went quite route one. I haven't really... I've gone through maybe there's one or two personal ones in there, but I've gone route one. First thing I've done was define icon because I've got my interpretation of it. I'm sure everyone else has as well, as you rightly said, Bav, just now. So Google defines it as a person or thing widely admired, especially for having great influence or significance in a particular sphere, uh, which is a sporting sphere. But I think my interpretation is, I think kind of personally, that person has to be synonymous with the sport. You think of the sport, you instantly think of that person or kind of vice versa. I also think they have to be one of the world's greatest in that sport um, and an ambassador for the sport after they retired as well. And to kind of, spoiler alert, LeBron James isn't in my top 10. Right. I think a significant amount of time has to have passed so you can look back on the history of that player and what they accomplished and how the sport might have changed because of the influence of that person. And um, it's only when you look back on the history of the sport that you can really tell the impact of an athlete and if they're icon-worthy. Because there's football, for example, there's millions of good players. There's thousands of great players. There's hundreds of potential icons, but really there's only four or five. Um, so yeah, you've really it was it was difficult. It was a difficult list to compile. I'll be honest with you, and because I do a football podcast, I was kind of beating myself up about putting too many footballers in. So yeah, I think I've got, yeah. I, think I've got I think I've got two in there. Yeah, yeah. I'm this. I think I'm the same. I've got two. Yeah. Go on then, Neil. What was your uh, criteria? Well, very similar to you, Pav. I used it as personal icons. That was the easier way that I could work out what to do on that sort of list. I, um, Have you got 10 good. Tottenham players? You can't no, tell me you've got No, no, no. Okay. I've only got two footballers in there. To be I've honest. got two. That's weird that we both Three. all got two footballers. Yeah. Oh, that's weird. So we restricted but, yeah. ourselves. <laughs> but it also was play, uh, people, uh, sportsmen that I would watch as a child. Yeah. Oh, actually, I've got three three footballers. <laughs> there you go. I ruined that now. Oh. Uh, sorry, guys. I've Cut. just seen that. Yeah, but yeah, it was a lot of it was from when I was growing up. What introduced me, you know, sports that bizarrely that I got into a little bit when I was younger. Don't watch them now at all. But mm. yeah, it was these these people that got me to watch. Yeah. Cool. Um, so just to remind you, Ollie, if you happen to have one that we've got also got. You know, I've got something at number 10 that you've got number four. Let us know and we'll talk about it all at the same time. Yeah, no worries. Well, I mean, we may have a few duplicates on this, but every time I think we're going to get loads of duplicates, we get hardly any. So let's see how it goes. Shoot then, Ollie. Give us your number 10 sporting icon. Coming in at number 10, and this is going to be a rogue one. And if anyone else has got this, I'm going to be very, very surprised. I've gone for Tony Hawk. Okay. Okay. 
I can appreciate that. Surprising, interesting. Interested because I don't. I, I, I'm one of these people that will always wish they could skateboard. Bought a skateboard, tried yeah. and couldn't, and always wished I could. Me too. Me too. I think that's the reason why. I think I don't know how much you guys know about skateboarding. Not a lot. <laughs> yeah, no. exactly. But you know who Tony Hawk is. Exactly. exactly. There we go. Need yeah. I say more? Well, yeah. well, because there'll be a bit of a short podcast. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, yeah. Please, please say more. But he is. He so basically, there's a good documentary. Um, I can't remember what it's called, but he effectively changed from surfing to skateboarding as it was becoming popular, and um, just completely changed the sport. He single-handedly made it popular through sports magazines. Um, you know, skateboarding is now an Olympic sport, no doubt. In thanks to the popularization, he made it. He's one of the first sports stars to kind of attach himself to a video game franchise as well. Sold multi hundreds of millions of copies of uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, and they continue to sell today on new platforms, PC, wherever you kind of game. Um, again, transformed the sport, invented tons of moves. So you kind of think of the, uh, I don't know, was it a frisbee flop? The guy who oh the Frosby flop Fro- Frosby flop yeah the frisbee <laughs> flop there you go I, I've got my clip for the promo get, already get, get, get someone to throw you get someone to throw him <laughs> yeah uh, yeah it's a bit cheating when you think of the uh, high jump yeah, yeah. Uh, the Frosby Frosby Fros- I can't remember his name can't I? <laughs> I can just think of Frisbee. I think it's, Fro- I think it's a Frosby flop Frosby or Frosby Frosby okay anyway so that 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 move is named after him kind of thing yeah. and Tony Hawk is thousands of skateboarding moves dedicated to him as well he's still doing it now at the age of 54 as well and every professional skateboarder there is now every olympian that's done it everyone who's ever picked up a skateboard is in debt to that man yeah i mean that like you say that is the definition of an icon, icon isn't, it? isn't it yeah um good I'm one sure to start. my answers up <laughs> yeah it's a good one to start. well the thing is i mean has it always been classed as a sport it's a good question. Is Skateboarding? Surfing, is surfing a sport? Yeah. I mean, I don't doubt that it's a sport. Obviously, it is a sport. You yeah, know, it's, it, it, that's, why, that's why it's... Uh, I don't think it was classed as a sport, was it? But... Yeah, but he's made it a sport. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. It's because of him that it is a sport. So, I mean, really, we should all just pack up and go and say that's probably the definitive icon. Yeah, I mean, can, it's number 10 yeah. as well. And yeah. he's number 10, so... Yeah. Oh, buckle in, ladies and gentlemen, because if that's all is number 10, imagine who's number one. God. Go on, then, Neil, you're number 10. So a while ago, when I was a bit younger, I really got into boxing, as in to watch boxing, loved it, uh, really enjoyed it. Not so much now, not so interested. But back then, it was Mike Tyson for me. I was fascinated with the guy, the way he fought. He was an animal, absolute animal. He's my number he, six, by the way. Oh, is he? I think I've got him as well. Number eight. Number eight. But yeah, I just think the man was a, a machine, wasn't he? He was. I mean, yes, he had his troubles and his ups and downs. But for the game of boxing, he 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 was a true hard hitter and could take a hit as well, which is unusual nowadays with some of the boxers. But um, yeah, to me, he was the top of his game. I, I remember watching the Bruno fight, staying up all night. Well, not watching it. We listened to it because we couldn't afford to watch it on Sky. Well, none of us had Sky. We couldn't afford to have Sky. So we listened to it on the Radio 5. And uh, yeah, what a mean machine he was. And to me, still a legendary heavyweight champion to me. Yeah. Uh, You know, a lot of people would doubt it because of, like I say, his troubles and the other things that he's gone through. But 
you know, you need to disassociate that with what he achieved when he was boxing. Mm. I think for me, he was the, there was no nonsense. There was no frills with Mike Tyson. No, he had a job to do. He was in. Yeah. There was, there was a lot of boxers around that time. You had the the Holyfields and you had the Sugar Ray Leonard and Marvin Hagler, but it was all the glitz. It was all the Don King glitz and everything. So it was all showboating and stuff. He came in and he just, he seemed, he was just ready for work. He never, it was just black trunks, black Mm. boots. There was no writing on it or anything. Get in there, get the job done as quickly as possible. If it's one punch, it's one punch. Get in, get out, and that's it. And that when I said about on the um, the intro about the the sliver of the devil, there's a lot of people. There's a few people in my top ten that have all got that little sliver of of wrongness yeah. that I think is what makes them just make that put sets them a little bit apart. I'm not mm. condoning anything that. It, he may have done and he's done time for or or whatever that to me is completely separate not saying that it's right or wrong it is wrong but it's separate to what the sportsman and what he did Mm, and and what he achieved yeah i would say that maybe he it, it wasn't the fact that he could take a punch i think it was the fact that nobody had the chance to punch him yeah let alone the fact that he would because i think a couple of times when he got hit he went down but it was the fact that nobody could get near him because he mm. was just, and the power, the power in the legs, he was always squatting and oh, he was, he was, you said a machine, but he was, he was a machine. Yes. It was something, something that was that never been seen. I don't think it's been seen since. Not I don't really. Think. Absolutely no. not. I think his, his knockout ratio was insane. So it's, I believe his first 32 fights were all knockouts yeah. uh, in the first two rounds unheard of before or probably mm. since then as well as you said he was just got in got the job done and what from a technical aspect as well he had quite a short reach for a heavyweight yeah so he'd get in and, and use it as you said use his legs his power came all the way through his body it wasn't just his upper body all yeah. the way through and he was an absolute nightmare to deal with and his legacy can be summed up in the amount of film cameos he's had and how he still talked about in pop culture, you yeah. mentioned Sugar Ray Leonard, and he's mentioned every now and again. Even the great, um, you know, uh, Bruno, Lennox Lewis of that era as well. They're not talked about nowhere near as much. If 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 you see someone get hit in the street on a night out, you go, "Oh, Tyson would be proud of that." You know, he's yeah, he's, yeah. Refer- he's he's the reference everyone goes to. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's a testament to him in the way he was. Yeah, I don't condone anything he's done. I was reading even as recently as last month, someone was hassling him on a plane and he punched them. Yeah. Um, so yeah. it's this, yeah. But there is footage of the guy that was hassling him and the guy hassling him was a dick. Oh, yeah. And, and and that's that, a dick. The fact that somebody thinks, I'm, I'm just going to hassle Mike Tyson. You know, I mean, who thinks to do that for a start? Because I know that he got he got himself really out of shape, didn't he? And then all of a sudden, he got himself back in shape because he was going to, I think he fought again, didn't he? I oh, think it was, he still um, is, isn't he? Joe, it was uh, Joe Joyce in like an exhibition match. Yeah. 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 But he got himself, he was absolutely shredded. He got himself in such good shape. Now mm. he just smokes weed, does a podcast and talks to Joe Rogan a lot. I thought and, he was making a comeback. I'm sure I read he was doing it again. No, I, I mean, sure I don't I think, I don't think he's not, not to the shape that he was when he did that no, exhibition no. fight. I mean, I was watching a movie on one of the, the sort of Bruce Willis 
just for the money movies and he cropped up in that he was <laughs> he was in that um acting away um in a serious role and stuff but again like i say you can't condone him for things like the biting vander hollyfield's ear and mm. that kind of stuff that is when i think he realized that he wasn't the force that he was anymore but those those years where he was at the top of his game nobody could touch him no you know and i can remember people laughing at the time saying oh, well i'd take 100 grand for 10 seconds in the ring with Mike Tyson because that's all it would last. You wouldn't though, would you? You wouldn't want to be hit by him because no. he just looked angry all the time. Anyway. Well, you probably yeah. wouldn't be able to spend the 100 or the 100 grand would be spent on care, wouldn't it? Exactly. For you. Particularly, particularly in America. Yeah. yeah. And, and the rest, yeah. Indeed, indeed. Right. Uh, my number 10, I changed this one today actually because I completely forgot. And this is going back to what Neil said in regards to sportsmen that in my youth were people that I absolutely rooted for. And it was John Lowe, the darts player. Ollie's looking, you got no idea. No, I do know who he is. He looks like a bit like um, Droopy the dog, right? Yes, he does. Exactly. (laughs) And the one Um, thing about him is that when he threw his darts, he never blinked. Yeah, that's right. He never blinked when he threw his darts. He was one of those guys, he had like running feuds with Jockey Wilson, Mm. Eric Bristow. And I can always remember that I think he won the world title maybe twice when I used to watch him, but he was like in the final with Bristow two or three times and lost. And it was one of those things that you always wanted him to win against the big people, but he was methodical. Again, talk about a machine. He was methodical. He seemed to me like he was like the nice guy of of darts where everybody like jockey wilson had a bit of a temperature a temper to him eric bristow was just the crafty cockney but he always seemed to be very arrogant about it especially yeah. with the way that he threw the darts look at the the video playlist uh patreon people when we do that. i'll put some clips of eric bristow in there as well and it used to it's same as like with steve davis everyone steve davis used to get everyone's backup because how he acted mm. same with eric bristow in darts people used to get so pissed off with him because of the flamboyant way he threw the darts John Lowe was just like straight. And I can always remember playing darts. I used to try and, it's the same with a few of the other people in my top 10. I used to hold my darts the same way. I could never do the non-blinking thing. I could never mm-hmm. do that. But I'd try and hold my darts the same way. And yeah, an absolute legend. And well, I did that work you, out for you, Pa? <laughs> well, I, I now work in a, in a picture framers. Yeah, so it worked out really well. <laughs> so... Um, Correct me if I'm wrong. Was John Lowe kind of known as like Captain Consistent? Because I watched a documentary on Jockey Wilson, and he did pop up a lot. He was just, as you say, quite methodical. I mean, probably very unsexy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was. He wasn't like I say. He wasn't flamboyant. He didn't really. I don't think he actually had like a nickname. You know, where they all sort of have a nickname these days. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I didn't really. I thought he died. You know, dis- no disrespect to you, John, if you happen to be listening. Um, but he's still, yeah, he's still alive, and I think he still like does the classic circuit stuff. and exhibition yeah. stuff and that. So fair play to him. But did uh, he cross out? Because obviously there was a period in time where um, darts was purchased by Sky and um, Eddie Hearn and that, that elk. Did he cross yeah. over from the like the ITV every other Sunday to the actual? commercial sports side that's of stuff, a good question i'm not sure did he I, I think pro he, properly yeah i'm not sure I, I i mean i can remember him from the time when the world it was the embassy world championships it, yeah. and it was a where was it 
Sheffield oh, or something. Was it? I think you know that was the snooker, wasn't it? In Sheffield, I yeah. think it wasn't the lakeside. It was somewhere like that, but it was always the same place every year. But then it split off into the BDO and the PDC, or you know, there was different factions like the boxing. There was all of a sudden you had the one that all the famous people were at, and then all the ones that weren't good enough to get into the famous one that did their own world chat. And again, no disrespect. If you're happening to be <laughs> darts people, um, but yeah, maybe it's time yeah. they properly bought Bullseye back then with the new. Maybe, it, maybe there's been talks from what I've uh, heard. Oh really? Uh, yeah, I don't think it works unless it's no. unless you're giving shit. away a caravan or a yes. speed boat that's yeah. going to end up in a council estate. Exactly. It's, 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 it's <laughs> it, it, what are the prizes going to be? There's not rubbish with the with the internet in the palm of your hand now. There's no rubbish prizes. Exactly. A VCR. Gonna, yeah, but that's it. They're not going to get away with doing a stack system or um, a set of china plates or stuff. This is not going to work now, is it? it? Makes me sad that they wouldn't at least try. Yeah. Well, they did, didn't they? They did try with that Dave Spikey. I never oh, watched yeah. it. Yeah, they yeah. did. They did. I mean, Tony Green was still in there as well, but it was Dave Spikey who does Phoenix Knights and mm. stuff. And it just wasn't the same. It just wasn't the same at all. And I think it still had the shit prizes and stuff. And did it still have Bully walking across the wall? Yeah, the yeah. Bully was still there. It was almost like that. Those bits were the bits that were funny because they were taking, they were laughing at those bits and the fact uh. that it was shit prizes and. You know, it's. I mean, it was it was terrible TV, but it was a, of its time. I think. Yeah, I'll put a clip of Bullseye in the uh, video Absolutely. playlist as well, just to let all you all you kids yeah. see what we used to do on a Sunday. Because you can't beat a bit of bully on a Sunday. No. Nope. Oh, always used to look like it come and kissed Jim Bowen on yeah. the face, didn't it? <laughs> it did. Yeah. Uh, right then, Ollie, your number nine, please. My number nine is Tiger Woods. <gasps> My number five. No, Neil. Okay. No. <laughs> no, I was expecting it to look like you're going to say something. Uh, no, yeah, I put, he's on my other list. It was one of yeah. the guys. But I just, if it's any consolation, I admire everything that he's done and he's a world class in his sport. But it's a sport I really find hard to watch. Well, oh, in, really? interestingly, interestingly, I don't like watching it either. Mm. But I do like playing it every now and then. Right. Um, but I've, I think, again, it's a, going back to my youth age thing. Again, one of the first sports stars in my memory to have a, a, a video game kind of attached just to his name, and everything Jack Nicholas had done, who obviously is the some see as the goat of golf. Tiger Woods seems to have matched it by the age he was twenty-one. Yeah. At the age at the age of twenty-one, he was world number one, and world number one for quite a while. Um, and I think he he introduced golf to not only a younger audience, in which I think you know more younger people are playing it. Obviously, a lot of footballers play it now as well. He introduced it to a more kind of diverse audience as well. People who are kind of maybe more working class, seen as quite an elitist sport. Um, I think, yeah, he was he was kind of there for the other fans, if that makes sense. You kind of yeah. had the Route 1 kind of golf elites. And then you had the kind of people who casually watch it and go, this youngster is really, really good. And he was kind of a bit of an upset as well. I don't think he was particularly liked at the start. You know, um, there's a lot of issues with his dad, I think, kind of pushing him into yeah. it and stuff. And um, yeah, but to come out on top, obviously, a lot of stuff in his personal life more recently has just gone downhill. But to be, you know, the only black guy on the circuit at the time and absolutely smashing people to pieces, mm. a bit like Lewis Hamilton's been doing in the F1 more recently, he, his, he represents just millions and millions of other people who may not have even thought about golf before and for that icon status is achieved in my mind 
And that's coming from someone who doesn't particularly watch the sport, um, but I do recognise kind of he's turned a lot of heads and continues to do so. Uh, and he was the youngest golfer to achieve three career Grand Slams. He's won 15 majors. And I think he's got the record for most PGA events won as well. And he's mm. he's still going. Yeah. And it's very rare that I'll side with somebody that wins everything because they can tend to get a bit boring that you think, oh God, they've won again and they've won again. But Tiger Woods is one of those people that I want him to win every time I see him play. And I enjoy, I do enjoy watching golf. I think if in a perfect world I could, someone could say, right, you can be a professional at any sport. I think golf would be the sport that I would choose. Yeah. I just, there is just something about, it's going to sound weird, the fashion. <laughs> <There's>, <laughs> the fashion? Yeah. I, there's the, I don't know what it is. The fact that, and I just love, I, I don't know. There's something about the sport that I just think is do so you like enticing. rules? I do. I, I love just being ruled by everything, you know. He loves checkered trousers. I, I do. I love I'm looking like Rupert, Rupert the Bear. I love all that kind of stuff. Like but having, a, having a servant carry around your sticks. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, who wouldn't want their servant carrying around their sticks? I, I do. I just, I just love the, I love the fact that he has created some sporting images and sporting moments um, that one put that just was one of those putts that, you know, you couldn't animate it any better where it was started up on the bank and then literally did like a right angle and came back to the hole and the ball stopped for a minute on the lip of the hole and then dropped in. Just those kind of moments. And just shots that other people, say a bit like Ballesteros, but shots that other people wouldn't even think about, let alone even try. Mm. Um, he's had his obviously had his um, demons and obviously had his injuries, but yeah, I, I'm I just think he's a fantastic player, um, a true icon. I mean, Jack Nicholson, Jack Nicholson. I knew I was going to say that. <laughs> Jack, Jack Nicholas is another one of the icons, but I think Tiger Woods, uh, like you said, Ollie, took the sport into different directions and opened it up for way way more people. Um, and made it of a less elite. I mean, it's still an elite sport. You still have. It's expensive as well. You you still have to be rich, even just to have it as a hobby. You know, it's it's expensive. So, Mm. you know, that's my uh, that's my take on it. So, Neil, your number nine, then, please. Is uh, it's a snooker one. It's Ronnie O'Sullivan to me. He's a guy that um, I do still enjoy watching snooker, and people do lambast me for that because they say how dull as that but each to their own as I say with golf um the um I just find him mesmerizing to watch when he's on a good a good day you know obviously he has his uh downtime when he's he's not so his mind's not on the game he's not as good when he's on his on fire the man is mesmerizing to watch he, he takes you back to the the bygone eras of your Higgins your, you know your Jimmy Whites and things like that he's not hanging around you know he's no Terry Griffiths where it takes a month just to take a shot um <laughs> You know, it's, it makes the sport fun, and to me, it does. And it, you know, completely interesting. But he's also when you speak to younger people who got a semi-interest, in, he he's engaging those in snooker now. He really is, and I just I really like the guy. I really yeah. like the guy, and you know, he's been doing it longer than I thought. You know, he had when I looked into it. I mean, what is it? A good sort of nearly thirty years now. He's been on the circuit, isn't it? Something, Something like that. 20, 20 yeah, years crazy. Years. It's getting close to it, I think. Yeah, and 
you know, and he doesn't show any sign of letting up. You know, he won another one this season. Um, I just think the guy's a rocket in it, Rocket O'Sullivan. He really is. Yeah, yeah. But I do like I do like about him though is the fact that if a game isn't going his way or if his career isn't going his way, he'll just say, ah, stuff it, I've had enough. And yeah. just, we'll just walk away. Yeah. You know, I, I love that moment when I think he was on for a 147 and he asked how much you get for a 147 and it was something like 20 grand. And he went, ah, no. So he did a 146 instead. That's it. Because he thought, I'm not, it's not worth it. It's not worth me getting a 147. But that 147 he did in like, Less than five minutes is mesmer. I'll put that on the video playlist. Yeah, that, that is, is mesmerizing. Yeah, it won't take long to watch it at all. Yeah, he's but, a great um, character as well, isn't he? I think sport, what we've really spoken about, sport needs characters. Yeah. And again, they're not only good, but they've got something about them. Maybe it's just natural, God given talent. Maybe it's an attitude. Mm. Maybe it's a point to prove people wrong, but a bit like Gascoigne kind of thing. Yeah. Like, again, he, he didn't really win much. No. But he's still spoken about now, and I think Ronnie O'Sullivan's the same for exactly. But I also like his honesty in his interviews. You know, when yeah. he's saying when he's struggling with his mental health or whatever he is, he's open about it, and which is engaging to other people that have these issues themselves. And like Pav said, the fact that he will just walk away from something and just no, I can't do it at the moment is is honesty. Mm, you yeah, wouldn't absolutely. want to see him go in and just get you know knock straight out in the first round yeah yeah i've got a lot of time and respect for him and i, I do try and watch as many of his matches as i personally can yeah he's probably the only reason i bothered to watch snooker as mm. well so that speaks volumes there was an interview where someone asked him so what advice would you give to uh, a young person looking to take up snooker and he just went don't it's quite boring yeah. i found that quite funny he's yeah, got, he's yeah. got a, Got a sense of humor. He's got a, a great sense of humor. A documentary series where he went around America with some Sky Sports presenter. That's right. He started playing pool with people. Playing pool. And he That's absolutely right. battered them. Yeah. Just they're like, where is this guy come from? They obviously had no idea who he was. Yeah. And he just yeah. took the piss. Yeah. And um, I love that kind of you know, representing England and Britain. And he just absolutely smashed them. I think it was in that series where he tried VR. The VR, yeah. That's yeah. It, yeah. And then went to go and rest on the table and then fell off just fell, fell on his ass. <laughs> But I think you're absolutely right, Ollie, in regards to, I think if, if there's one sport that has suffered from losing their characters, it's snooker. Oh, yeah. In, yeah. in the 70s and 80s, maybe at the start of the 90s, it was full of characters, you know? Whereas now, I mean, I know the names of a few other snooker players. I used to watch snooker all the time. But now, Ronnie O'Sullivan, if I see him playing, I'll watch it. Anybody else, I don't really care because I don't know who they are. And there's no disrespect to them. They're obviously fantastic sportsmen, as in that they're great snooker players. But I ain't got a clue who Judd Trump is compared to... I can't even name another one. Yeah. They're all very, all very vanilla now, aren't they? Like you, haven't got, you haven't got the um, rivalries of Davis and Taylor exactly. and um, Higgins yeah. and White yeah. and uh, again characters because those Higgins especially and Jimmy White had demons as you said, kind of they and but for such a mundane, quite posh sport, and they're like alcoholics or coke yeah. addicts. What for this weird sport? You know, what I, I mean, know. it'd be like a. I don't know, a table tennis player addicted to heroin or something. It just wouldn't make sense. <laughs> um, but it's but yeah, and it kind of glamorized it to a to a certain extent, particularly yeah. back then. And Ronnie O'Sullivan is very much holding the candle to that yeah. now, if no one else is. Who's the Welsh guy? Is it Mark Williams? Mark Williams, yeah. I mean yes. he, again, he's old school. I think I think they're the class of ninety two, because I think him, Mark Williams and Higgins, some... No, some of the guy. I don't know. It was, it was yeah, John, uh, Higgins. John Higgins. John Higgins, yeah. They were the three that all started in the same year. 
and they're yeah. the ones that are still going. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> didn't didn't Mark Williams do a press conference naked because he was like a hundred to one to win the championship? <laughs> was this a few years ago? I'm pretty sure right. he did. Something like that, yeah. Put yeah. that clip in, Patriots. Yeah. <laughs> You're in for a treat. In a wank wank. Yeah. Yeah. Well, whatever floats your boat, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, uh, my number nine. Now, I don't know all of his stats, um, but I admire him just for his single-minded vision and just how he operates. It's Tom Brady, the um, quarterback for, I think it's the... Oh God! It was it now Tampa Bay Buccaneers? I think it was yeah. now, but he did most of his damage for the New England Patriots. I mean, it's a guy that you know. I mean, he's got a supermodel wife. He's got this regiment of what he does, what he eats, what he drinks, drilled down to you know. I think it's basically just water that runs off of a flower is what he's allowed to drink for the day, and seeds and poppy seeds and god knows what just to keep himself physically fit but the things that he's done in regards to the amount of super bowls that he's won uh i think arguably he's the greatest quarterback of all time um i remember watching the the super bowl i can't remember what year it was but it was against the seattle seahawks when the seahawks ended up fucking up at the end yeah and tom brady never thought they were going to get a chance and it, it should have gone as a a running back, but it wasn't, I'm not going to get into the weeds of it because even I get confused to how American <laughs> football runs sometimes. But he is one of those guys that you just have to look at and you think with all of the famous people that have gone before you, Joe Montana and all that, that sort of Dan Marino, the people I remember from the eighties, he's the guy that I think is going to be very hard to beat in regards to how many Super Bowl rings he's won. Um, and even the, the first year going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers after saying he was going to quit and then winning the Super Bowl on yeah. his first year of doing that and then saying he's going to quit and now he's come back again for another year, maybe his last year. Uh, I think it's incredible. Um, absolutely incredible. Absolutely. <sighs> the only thing I would say, I mean, I occasionally watch NFL. I've been to, I went to San Diego to watch... Um, the Chargers when they were there. I think they've moved now since. Um, the only thing I would say, top 10 sport on icons, is NFL a top 10 sport? Because it's only really played in one country. Yeah, that is true. That is true. the same of darts and maybe skateboarding, arguably. But yeah. Yeah. Um, I have to stay quiet. I know nothing about no. the NFL. I, I love no. watching NFL. I do. I, I mean, I would, and I've been, I've been, I went to one game, I went to see the, my team, which is the Raiders, who used to be the LA Raiders, then the Oakland Raiders, now they're the Las Vegas Raiders, I think. And they were over at Wembley Stadium years ago, back in the late 80s, 90s, I think it was. And it was it's just a spectacle to go and see a game, you know, pro- properly seeing them all smash into each other. But I love, I, I will often book a Monday off after the Super Bowl and stay up and watch the Super Bowl, mm. no matter who it is and just sort of get into the whole thing of it. But um, it's a good point. It is a good point. Um, I am going to completely con- contradict myself in about <laughs> 10 minutes time. So Yeah, I think I am a couple more times in my top 10. But uh, <laughs> um, Okay, so that was my number nine. Um, Ollie, you said Mike Tyson for number eight. I did. So, Neil, what is your number eight? So I was looking at my list, and I thought it was very male-centric. I thought, I've got no ladies in here. And what sport? did I admire and watch with a lady in, and it was tennis and it was Steffi Graf, to be honest. Okay. 
Um, I thought she was a phenomenal tennis player. She was the true heroine of tennis before the Williams sisters hit the scene. Um, the, the way she destroyed people, she was ruthless on the tennis court, but calm at the same time. Um, a joy to watch. And she won. I mean, I don't know the stats. I didn't really, I should have looked it up or exactly what she won, but she was the top of her game for many years. Um, and she was just a beast on that tennis court and a pleasure to watch. Yeah. So there we go. I thought we'd get a lady in there. Somebody I watched from years ago. So are you having a quick look to see what she had one there? Uh, no, I was just looking at porn. <laughs> <laughs> Steffi Graf. Steffi Graf. That's a niche, that's a niche, uh, niche that, sub, yeah. subculture. Uh, you'd be surprised how many videos there yeah. are. What's the, what's the, I'll put the them on the video uh, playlist. <laughs> the famous photo of the... Uh, yeah, you know, the tennis, the poster of the... Uh, oh, the Athena, Athena, um, Athena uh, poster lifting the tennis skirt showing the arms. Was that right. Steffi Graf, was it? You could photoshop well, it her head onto it. I mean, you could. Yeah. I mean, it looked like The Exorcist, if yeah. you could see her head, because that means yeah. her head is <laughs> spot round. And of course she went on to marry, marry Andre Agassi. Andre Agassi, yeah. Did yeah. she? Yeah, she did. I mean, he was yeah, with Brooke right. Shields and left her for Steffi Graf, didn't he? Wow. Goodness me! Great. She was always I always forget. Mm. I always forget. Not in a sexual way. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> I always forget Steffi Graf and Monica Seles. Remember Monica Seles? Yeah, yeah. Well, was famous for a stab in the back. Wasn't but it? she so. was like the the top woman mm. at that particular time. Um, yeah, yeah, she she did, didn't she? I mean, if you think about the nineties, I mean, Steffi Graf pretty much was there the whole way through, winning at least Wimbledon every pretty mm. much every year. Yeah. She yeah. was a she was a beast at what she did. Oh, look at you, Neil, being all woke with putting yeah. a lady in there. Well, no, because <laughs> I think it's, it's very condescending. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't does. mean that at all. But I thought, looking at my list, surely there's got to be somebody that, I, growing up, I really admired and would would make time to watch play. Yeah, and I thought you was going to say Serena Williams, to be perfectly honest, because she's another one that's like a beast. She can well, she is, and I do dip in and out of um, watching. <laughs> The, the Williams sisters and things like that. But, you know, I was an avid watcher in the 90s, especially when Wimbledon came around. I used to really enjoy it. Yeah. Really enjoy it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my number eight. Um, I mean, he's big in all ways. Shaquille O'Neal. Oh, I thought you were going to say giant haystack. No, 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 no. He's my number four. No, <laughs> no I'm joking. Um, I love watching this clips. He does the uh, like the pre and halftime and after show uh, show on. I think it's NBA tonight or whatever it is with um, Charles Barkley and stuff. And some of the stuff they get up to is fantastic. It's very reminiscent of like the Soccer Saturday classic thing. But there yeah. are so many. Go on YouTube and put some of their funny bits. For, for that, he's a sporting icon. But the fact that he is, I don't know. Can you say that he's a bit of a freak. I mean, he's, but not in, not in a nasty way. I mean, he's seven foot something. He is an absolute monster. But when you watch some of his videos of him in full flow, Mm. an unbelievable force that could never be stopped, could never be stopped. And um, just as somebody that is, and not just on the court, but somebody that seems to me to be just an amazing human being, like a very, generous uh giving human being off the court as well he could very easily be you know i am an icon so you know Mm. kiss my feet whenever you see me he doesn't seem like that at all the amount of times there's videos of him helping people 
buying stuff in a supermarket or you know just stupid mm. things like that and i'm sure he's got you know i mean he's a, he's a multi probably nearly a billionaire uh but i find him just an absolute delight and one of those sort of people that you know if you met them there's no way that you could make their day any better but he would make your day so much better mm. by just him saying hi how you doing kind of thing. yeah absolutely but for me it's more Go on, sorry, Perth. I'll just say for me, it's more than just what he did on the court. It's the stuff that after he finished playing mm. that makes him uh, a sporting icon for me. It's a you philanthropy. Yeah. yeah. And he's bloody funny. Oh, he's so funny. Funny, isn't he? He's, he's so Some funny. of the videos. Uh, I, I highly recommend the hot chip challenge that he does. Yes. Hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. That's it the is. one that he did on the, that, that was the NBA. That's right. Yeah. Show. Yeah. I think as well, he's got a cool name. Yeah. yeah, that helps. That helps, isn't it? Shaq. You remember it, Shaq, Big Shaq. That's mm. it. And That's he was part of is. that school of '90s NBA superstars as well. Might be a few others coming up in a minute. Um, who got those mega contracts, which they started delivering in the early '90s with the mm. sponsorships coming on board? It's the same in tennis and other sports. Really did catapult these sports to another level, getting multi-million pound deals to wear Nike shoes or whatever it may have been. And basketball still to that to this day is that kind of sport that wear this headband or whatever else get so many millions um, it kind of started that in the 90s yeah all the way up to modern day and it was that golden period of basketball from like the early 90s to the late 2000s where I watched it a lot my my teams are San Antonio Spurs they won a couple of titles in the mid noughties as well and yeah it was very you were looking out but you're, you're watching it for, for the superstars like yeah. Shaquille O'Neal Manu Ginobili Tony Duncan uh, you know and yeah he was definitely one to watch and then when you watch the um, Olympics and they had the dream team it w- it was like the Avengers of, of basketball yeah. it was like <laughs> you know you, you wouldn't know I mean the only people at that time that I knew basketball was Curly from Harlem Globetrotters they were the only people that I knew but then all of a sudden you, these people that you recognised and like you knew the names Michael Jordan Charles Barkley Shaquille O'Neal mm. you think oh my god and that the documentary, um, there was a documentary about him. I can't remember when it was out now, but it showed you obviously all of the amazing, extravagant things that he's got, and he's got like loads of children. But like I said before, the stuff that you don't see that he does, that makes him just as much of an mm. icon as 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 whatever he did um, shooting hoops. So, uh, okay, that's my number eight, uh, Ollie. Your number seven, please. My number seven is. Michael Schumacher. Oh, okay. Again, similar to Neil, going back to my youth now. Um, so me and my dad properly bonded over F1 or motorsport. We used to watch um, WRC Rally as well. Big fan of Colin McRae. Um, was lucky enough to meet him before he tragically passed away as well, a long time ago. But Michael Schumacher is probably the most dominant sports star of all time he did not lose if you're watching the f1 and he was involved particularly with ferrari he was going to win that race um again synonymous with the sport if you see someone going quick down the m25 okay, who do you think he is michael schumacher yeah yeah that's it's, again right. it, it, yeah. pop culture references mm-hmm. galore and also he was attached to a brand that possibly the co- coolest sexiest cars known to man are ferraris he's attached to that brand for life and um although he did race with benetton and can't remember someone else. Um, he was unforgiving as well. He was a bit of a track bully. He was just annoyingly good as well. Even if there was a British driver before Hamilton, uh, Jensen Button or um, 
Damon Hill. Damon Hill or someone of that, Nigel Mansell or someone of that elk. You'd, I don't know. I mean, it might be a bit bad to say this, but Schumacher was kind of, you kind of wanted him, you either wanted him to dominate or to lose dramatically. There was no middle ground. He wasn't just having a bad day. Yeah. He was either all guns blazing or nothing at all. Um, he still got the record for most wins of 91. He, I think he pioneered fitness for F1 as well, I remember reading. Um, he kind of, you know, Lewis Hamilton and guys around today are on strict diets. They're doing fitness tests before the big races and stuff. And I think he kind of really pioneered that. He fine-tuned his body um, to be one-on-one with the car. And I, I was lucky enough to sit in his uh, 2004 wing Ferrari as well. Wow. So uh, I've been in a Ferrari and it was Michael Schumacher's. Well, that's oh, not man. bad. That's not bad. Oh, hell, Mr. Fancy Pants. <laughs> oh, no. There we go. Very good. Um, Neil, have you sat in any Formula One cars? No, and I don't think I ought to, because getting me out would probably be... I was going to say, I'd be like <laughs> getting John Prescott out of that car. Uh, time. I'd be yeah. like that, I think. No, no, I've never been in a Formula One car, alas. Never mind. There's still time, mate, eh? Maybe. <laughs> Go on then, you're number seven. Yes, so this was an introduction by my dad to a footballer. This is the footballer I nearly forgot on my list to tell. It's Pele. So I ended up with a poster of him on my wall. Uh, The achievements, as I said in the facts before, I mean, you know, if you go through it, he scored a a total of 1,283 first-class goals, including 77 for Brazil. It's my number two, is it, Ollie? It's my number two. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it was my... Before... Um, I even remember being introduced to him before I was even a proper allegiance to Tottenham or whatever team. I hadn't chosen a team at that time. Um, uh, yeah, like I said, I had the poster on my wall. He's uh, an icon, erectile dysfunction. Let's all not remember <laughs> that, you know. He made brought that to the masses. No, it's Steffi Graf porn. I jest. But he, I mean, if you think, if anybody was to say the most famous footballer ever, I would say probably the majority of everybody would say Pele. And, you know, being that he probably is the most iconic footballer still to this day to me. Mm. Ollie? Absolutely. Um, yeah, I think you've pretty much summed it up as uh, as best as anyone can, really. Because he, uh, he's got the one, it's that cool name as well, Pele. It's like yeah. Cher, Madonna, Rihanna. Shaq. <laughs> Shaq, yeah, you're quite, you're quite right. He is still the only player to win three World Cups. And, you know, he's been retired for 50 years or something. He also brought football to America. He was the first mega superstar to play for the uh, New York Cosmos. That's right. Um, who has since disbanded. So they had George Best, Franz Beckenbauer and Pele all in the same team in, in the mid-70s as well. He just is the biggest icon. He's, you know, as you said, scored all these goals in these different games as well. And he gets a bit of criticism because they say, well, Oh, he played in friendlies and all this stuff. And there's a big kind of debate going on now with whether it's him or Cristiano Ronaldo who scored the most goals. But what in the Brazilian league they've done, because that Santos side he played for was so successful, they toured the world. They took a year out of the season, toured the world and played the best teams in every single country, which I'd say is harder than a normally friendly against Atkinson Stanley or whoever it is. So to score that as well, sensational stuff. He's recognised by FIFA as the greatest player of all time of the 21st century as well. Just encapsulates sport. One of the few people you can be, I don't know, in a village in Timbuktu and there's a good chance they might have heard of Pele. And a lot of his games as well weren't televised. 
you'd only see them at the World Cup. That was the only thing that would have been on the free channels they were back then. Um, so you kind of, your imagination when the World Cups weren't on, I wasn't alive back then, but I imagine he kind of sparked the imagination mm. in the young aspiring footballers as well by watching that 70s Brazil side, mm. which again is a massive pop culture reference. It's referenced in films in everyday life. Who do you think you are? 70s Brazil. It could be a Sunday league. It could be a pub team. And again, in the FIFA video games, which are the most popular video games on the planet, they've made Pele an icon card. You can play as Pele. Um, so you, even younger generations know who he is as well. And mm. uh, he was ridiculously good. And yeah. most most of his footage isn't there. So it's a testament, really. I've got a feeling in my head, right? I've got a vision in my head that it's the same bloke that is going, who do you think you are, Pele? Oh, he drives like Michael Schumacher. Oh, like Mike Tyson. It's the same bloke saying all those things. <laughs> right, okay. Uh, my number seven, um, I, I'm, I'm sure it's in someone else's top ten, is Michael Jordan. So, uh, you guys got Number him? four. You're number four. Okay. Um, the documentary, the, the Last Dance documentary, I found absolutely fascinating. Because I, I obviously knew about Michael Jordan, and he, he, I think he's one of those people, like you said earlier on, Ollie, that he's synonymous. Think basketball, you think Michael Jordan. That's the, just the first person that you think of. But you don't, especially in this country, I don't think you you know unless you do a deep dive on YouTube exactly what it is he's done, what he's accomplished, how he did it. You watch that documentary, and I know it's probably a little bit biased towards Michael Jordan, but the fact that he did all that he did, stepped away and then came back and did it again. And again, with that single-minded vision that all he ever wanted was to be the best and for everybody in his team to raise their level so that they could compete with him. And then the, the opposition just had to deal with whatever it was. And if the, if his teammates couldn't do it, then he was just going to go and do it himself. You know, he didn't care. He didn't care if he pissed off his teammates if they're not going to be up to his level, he is then going to go out and he's going to just win the game by himself. And again, I'll put it on the video playlist. Go and watch some of his his best moments. They're spine tingling, some of the things that he does. And I'm sure there's a lot of people now that base their game on how Michael Jordan played basketball. Uh, I I think he's just an amazing, amazing person. So that's my number seven. Um, Ollie? Yeah, he my number four. He he made the Chicago Bulls a famous brand, a famous team. A bit like how Alex Ferguson changed Manchester United and made that a global brand, made it a mm. multi-billion-pound empire. It's the same with the Chicago Bulls, who are still sh- selling Jordan shirts in their club shop, even though he's been retired twenty years. Yeah, um, he changed the physics of the sport as well. He was doing things that no one else could dream of doing. Again, a bit like other people we've mentioned, the branding aspect as well with the Air Jordans, still the most sought-after trainers in America. At one point, it was the most stolen item in America. <laughs> and original pairs still sell for over $10,000, even though they're 40 years old. Um, Space Jam, one of my favourite films of all time, came out in 1996. Again, Charles Barkley and the Lyca in there as well. But That's right. he was actually pretty good in it. I know like sporting actors don't go well a la... Arnold Schwarzenegger in the certain or films. Shaquille O'Neal. Or Shaquille O'Neal or LeBron James in the more recent Space Jam. Don't watch it. Um, spoiler alert. But um, 
he's voted the number one greatest player in the Hall of Fame. He's the 10-time leading scorer in the NBA as well, at a time when it was thriving in the 90s for the likes of Shaquille O'Neal and uh, everybody else as well. Um, I didn't know this as well. I took note. They So they retired the number 23, I think it was, at Chicago Bulls. They also retired it at like, the Washington Wizards as well, a club he didn't even play for. So another team, <laughs> another team has retired the shirt because of how much respect. Yeah. They have mm. that name. It's it's up there with um, Real Madrid fans clapping Ronaldinho when he was playing Barcelona because of the, you know, I mean, it's it's your biggest rivals are retiring shirts on behalf of you because no one has dominated the uh, court quite like that man did. Yeah, because he went off and played a season or two of baseball as well, didn't he? Yeah, he played in the uh, second division of the MLB um, and then came back, which is funny enough a scene they re- replay in Space Jam. Oh right, and then okay. come come, which comes back and wins another two titles with uh, the Chicago Bulls, which is incredible, really. Yeah, mm. I would recommend the Last Dance, even if you're not a basketball fan. I would recommend the Last Dance just because it sort of it feels like everybody knows who Michael Jordan is, but it feels like his story, some of the some of the devastating things that happened, like in his family life as well. Is it's it's a fascinating watch. It really is. Uh, okay, so that was, uh, what was that? That was my number seven. So, Ollie, your number six then, please. Uh, going back to tennis, and uh, my f- first and uh, only female entry is Serena Williams, who we kind of uh, alluded to earlier, so my number six. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Probably one of the most successful sporting women of all time, I'm going to say, yeah. uh, along with Venus Williams, I guess. Changed the face of tennis, not just for women, but for all sports. I think she was probably one of the first, particularly in my memory, in my mind, that you weren't always watching the men's final or the men's final wasn't. If she made the final, that would just get as high a viewing numbers as, as, the, as the men's final as well. So I think for... Uh, um, for that as well she deserves some uh, tremendous praise she also fought to get equal um uh pay uh, pay yeah, uh, yeah. for the uh, for winning the tournament different tournaments as well successfully i think she was 15 when she signed like an 11 million dollar deal uh with adidas i think it was at 15 uh which is quite incredible but uh, again just dominates 855 career wins 73 career titles and 23 career titles in the doubles as well and when she was 16, she was beating players in the top 10. Mm. Um, so the likes of Steffi Graf. And, uh, but when she was 16, it's it's just incredible. And she's still going now at the age of 40, post having children. I mean, I'm not a woman. I don't plan on getting pregnant. I don't. But I know it changes. It changes you physically. And to come back from from that is is incredible. A bit like uh, Jessica Ennis as well. I think she'd done the same. Mm. Um, yeah, and probably the most liked jehovah's witness i'm gonna say <laughs> i mean i, I didn't even know I, she was a jehovah, jehovah no i didn't i didn't i'd open the door yeah <laughs> um, <laughs> but um yeah just just she's not not only is it as i discussed at the start being an icon of the sport not only did she change the sport mm. but the things she's changed along with it in terms of equal pay women in sport drawing more eyes to the female game doubles her philanthropy off the court as well um i do recommend watching the film king richard which uh, will smith mm. coincidentally won an oscar for that's right it tells a very good story about how they got there mm. um yeah thoroughly recommend that i just think she's immense she's amazing mm. yeah good one yeah i get, she's another one that you'd i'd want her to win all the time you know you want to see someone like that that just completely dominates and i must admit i always got a little bit disappointed when her sister would win instead of yeah her. i did too yeah it's just weird how sort of like you you pick a favorite and that's the sort of one that you sort of you you back all the time or you you want just to, to see be successful but what a family uh okay then neil you're number six so this is another personal one again um it's motorbike racing and it's barry sheen oh my goodness uh, oh barry sheen see growing up when we did have he was everywhere barry he sheen. was Along with James Hunt in the motor racing, Barry Sheen was the other side. Now, I don't, like Pav, I don't know all of the stats of what he won. He won a lot of stuff. But the fact that the man broke every bone in his body and still got on the bike and carried on racing was always a a sight to behold. And also, I used to, as a lad, think he was so cool in his leathers that I wanted to learn to ride a motorbike. Never did. I I was a bit too frightened to get on it and do it. But it always made me want to be that motorbike racer and have the joys of it. But 
yeah, if anybody ever speaks about motor racing to me, motorcycle racing now, that's the only person I ever think and conjure up an image of. So to me, he is the icon of that sport. Is he? He's passed away, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Was that? Due I, can't to I can't remember. Can't remember when. Let I me. I think uh, it had crashed, didn't it? Was it a crash? I have a feeling he might have done. Let me uh, quickly have a look on my device. And didn't he? Did he? He um, advertised Brute, didn't he? He did. He, one of the ones with Henry Cooper and um, Kevin Keegan, I think that that advertised Brute and stuff. And yeah, so he oh. died in two thousand and three. Uh, find out what for. So, um, come on, Neil. Come on. I'm, I'm come getting on. there. Oh, it doesn't say. Who's going to Google it first? Come on. Come I'm on. I'm on there. Come on, Neil. You can do oh, it. Oh, it's cancer. Oh, right. Alas. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Alas. Yeah, it was cancer. Yeah. I don't know what that was. <laughs> but it's yeah, that Steffi Graf. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my secret's out. Uh, yeah. She could serve me anytime. Oh, nice, <laughs> nice, nice. So uh, <laughs> okay. I've just got this image. But yeah, Barry Sheen to me was the was the icon of the sport in of that sporting world. Um, probably well before your time, isn't it, Ollie? Before my time, but synonymous with motorbike racing because you yeah. again in pop culture references my dad used to say he's he my dad was a proper mod so he really hated kind of um typical kind of big motorbikes and stuff so he goes oh it's barry sheen again you know kind <laughs> of um, <laughs> yeah thinking he was uh what's his name from quadrophenia but um yeah again you know i know i know the name the same as I, I don't really know valentino rossi but i know he's good yeah you know it's kind of certain people in in that whole fogarty as well yeah exactly yeah. And, and uh you just know who these people are and they know that they're legends and yeah to get on a bike as well and go hundreds of miles an hour that is we, f1's ridiculous but that's even more ridiculous yeah and especially back then they didn't have the safety procedures that they try and follow now that gives them a little bit more of a, a chance, I suppose, yeah. when they come off. I mean, the fact that, that you can read it or see it, that he broke every bone in his body and still got on and raced, it just mm. defies. That must have hurt, though, mustn't it? If you've just broken every bone in your body and you get back on the bike and race. Yeah. That must <laughs> absolutely floppy. kill you, yeah. <laughs> so, matchsticks to keep him up. Yeah. Uh, yeah, good one. Good one. I, I, God, I haven't heard the name Barry Sheen for years. Yeah, take you back to your youth. It does. Oh, it absolutely about. does. Yeah. I'm gonna buy some brute now. Yeah, I'm yeah. gonna. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've got Splash plenty as it is. I've got, I've got that and and denim. That was the other yeah. one. That's way before your time, Ollie. Denim. Or, oh, High karate. karate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. My number six was Mike Tyson. So uh, back to you, Ollie. Then with your number five, please. Um, controversial one, I think. Ooh. Potentially, I've gone for Usain Bolt. Why is that controversial? Track and field, I thought might be, it might have been up there as a kind of sport that wasn't taken seriously. Oh, no. Um, I, I mean, he was very close to being in my top 10. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. The reason I'm going to justify the sport, if there's people listening, I think, first we had darts, then we had motorbike racing, now we've got track and field. Um, <laughs> to those people, I would say the 100 metres, 200 metres, surely that's the oldest sport in the world. Mm. And it's something that, I was going to say everybody, but most people can do. Um, who have well, legs well might take longer <laughs> yeah, might go. take longer than others yeah. but uh, oh, okay essentially everyone can run 100 metres 200 metres the Olympics are the oldest sporting event in the world it's kind of gladiatorial um, and to become 
the fastest man on the planet reaching speeds of 25, 26 miles an hour under 10 seconds. I think it was 9.59 seconds was his record, which still stands today. He's the fastest man to have ever lived, not out of the 7 billion people on the planet now, but out of the people who've long gone. Some He's faster than some animals. Yeah. And it's the ultimate sport that anyone can do. Cavemen are probably running, you know, side by side with each other trying to see you can get to the tree first you know what prove I mean prove it prove it, it uh, I, I can't uh, <laughs> have to carbon date somewhere show me the footage yeah. <laughs> the footage running away from the dinosaurs well that's what they were doing on the film I saw yeah yeah absolutely and his name again, again his, a bit like Shaquille I know a cool, cool name Usain Bolt yeah um, mm. it, it fits so perfectly he's got children called Lightning Bolt and Thunderbolt that's not a joke that is true there you go I mean um and yeah, it's the oldest sporting event in the world. Still got the world record, 100 meters and 200 meters. I think at the was it the London Olympics when he won gold as well. He ate a box of chicken nuggets before that, so relatable. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think he's got like eight gold medals, 23 gold medals in all kind of world events. And he retired at like 32. It's it's oh, I don't know. I just I think because most sports involve running as well. When your sport is just running and you're the best at that, yeah, that by definition surely makes you the best athlete slash sports person in the world. Yeah, I I don't think there's any doubt that yeah, I don't think there's any controversy to having Usain Bolt there as a sporting icon at all. I think he's immense in what he does. I I also love seeing the the video footage of before he starts running when you've got the, his helper oh, yeah. there and he's he's touching fists and pointing at him and all that just that little moment that makes these these people that are just volunteers like make their day make their you know very self-aware isn't he yeah of, absolutely um, how great he is but he's not arrogant you know? no not at all not at all i think that's a great one i do and mm. he would say he was close to being in my top 10 but john lowe just pipped him to me <laughs> <laughs> i'd like to see two. those two in a race yeah i would i would but then again i'd like to see usain bolt try and get 180 because he maybe exactly. probably can't do that probably could actually well, he probably six, could. Six, good at everything yeah well six points deep yeah exactly exactly go on then Neil you're number five so another tennis player and it's Pete Sampras people seem to have forgotten him nowadays but we yeah. have to remember he won 14 major titles seven Wimbledons he was uh, unbeaten by the time as in you know with the records that he held until he retired obviously it's gone now but um, he and I, he had a video game all to himself on the Mega Drive, Pete Sampras's tennis, which I was totally addicted to, and he was a joy to watch. I know Pistol Pete. I know he didn't have the greatest charisma on the um, on the on the on the uh, on the grass he, or on the court, I should say. He was, um, but he was methodical, wasn't he? He'd take them out one by one, and yeah. So Pete Sampras, a long forgotten icon, I think, because yeah. mm. he really isn't mentioned very much anymore. Great shout. When you watch, when you watch tennis now, you just nobody sort of talks about him. They talk about Beyond Borgs and the McEnroe's, even Andre Agassi, but they never seem to bring Pete Sampras into the equation. I don't understand why. Very worthy yeah. top 10, I think. Yeah. yeah it's, and it's like Jim Courier was another one as well that went, yeah. that did really well for a few seasons and then just... Like disappeared. It's weird how you get some yeah. people like that. David Duval, who was a golfer, seemed to be like red hot for two or three seasons and then just disappeared. Mm. Very, very strange. But Absolutely. yeah, I just so that is why... definitely a name that 
Yeah, mm. he was he was there for seasons, wasn't he? Yeah, the uh, years and years he was winning, wasn't he? He really was. And you know, and like I say, when you watch, if you watch Wimbledon now, they don't tend to talk about him. No, at all, which I yeah. find amazing because of what he achieved. So it would that have been, uh, been the Henman era or the Rosetsky era? That's probably so. It would have been mid nineties to yeah, nineties, two thousand two, maybe. He was um, he was the Michael Schumacher of tennis. He just got the job done. Had done, one of the yeah. fastest serves going as well. So I probably should have said when we're talking about Serena Williams, tennis is my sport. That is the one sport. I could confidently beat someone else at. As much as I prefer watching football and playing mm. football, I'm just not that good at it. Tennis, my, my granddad was very good, so he taught me. He played, he represented Devon and um, won trophies and things. And he talked about Pete Sampras all the time as nobody can beat this guy. And uh, there was five years where he didn't lose a match, I mm. believe. I think he might still have the record for the longest consecutive streak, maybe. But um, he was deadly. He was an assassin. Mm. Pistol Pete, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, good one, Neil. Good one. That's two names there that I haven't heard for years. Pete Sampras and Barry Sheenler. Oh, we'll have some more coming up. Oh, good. That's good then. Uh, So my number five was Tiger Woods. So we've already spoken about him. Uh, Ollie, your number four was Michael Jordan. It was. So Neil, straight back to you with your number four. So we're back to snooker again at the time when I was younger. My dad is a huge snooker fan, got me into it at the time. Like I said, I've lost a little bit of love for it recently. I still watch Dib in and out and watch Ronnie, but it's Alex Higgins. That's um, my number three. Yeah. Uh, the guy, I mean, that's what Ronnie O'Sullivan aspires to be like. I mean, he was he had his demons, his alcoholism. It didn't help that they were allowed to drink and smoke whilst playing back in the day. But he still managed to just hurricane them in, didn't he? I mean, Hurricane Higgins, he was phenomenal. And we all remember the uh, Mickey takes of the Impressionist wandering around the town. I can't remember who did that. John Virgo. Right? That was John, John Virgo that you said. That's right, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, what a legend. And he still had it when he came back and did a few exhibition matches. He, I mean, he looked awful, didn't he? I mean, you could really see the ravages of alcohol had taken on him. But he still had... The, the 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 skill even with mm. the shakes and everything that he was doing it with but yeah uh what an icon for the sport really of what he could do and achieved mm. he he reminds me what i said about tiger woods earlier on and the fact that there are some people that like he tiger woods would play shots that people wouldn't even think about playing mm. alex higgins did that nearly every frame yeah there would be shots that he could see five shots down the line and it would, like I say, it's not even other shots that other other players would go. There's no way I'm going to try that. They wouldn't even think about playing these particular shots with the spin or the side side spin or whatever. He was a one of a kind. I think they say that you had the, you had the whirlwind Jimmy White, and then you obviously mm. had um, Rocket Ronnie or whatever. Alex Higgins was somebody that he was my. Snooker. I was, I was massive in the seventies and eighties. Loved snooker. Watched every match that was on the TV. I would be camped in front of the TV every April, watching the mm. World Championship from the Crucible. It just, I loved every minute of it. But I just hope and prayed that Alex Higgins won. And that I think it was nineteen eighty two was the last time that he won the World Championship. I think he beat beat Ray Reardon. Um And then when he won, he wanted his his wife and the baby to come on, so he's crying. There's just he's he is for me one of my well obviously he's number three in my in my list as as a sporting icon and if anybody says to me who's your favourite sportsman 
he is in my top three just as a sportsman because he's just everything that I remember as a kid. I love, I mean, I love playing snooker. I love watching snooker. He was just the man. He was the absolute man. And he was the complete opposite of someone like Steve Davis, where mm. Steve Davis, you were so boring and so mechanical and a great talent, knew what he was doing, obviously won loads. But then Alex Higgins would come in and you wouldn't know what the hell he was doing. He may chuck his cue, you know, down on the table after like missing a black and just ruin the whole frame. Just a fantastic and such a mm. such a sad loss because the demons got him basically. They did. Things for sport as well, didn't they? He was like an ambassador for becoming a pub sport to a a, a watchable. He, he brought in an audience, you know, back when, exactly. when there were only there only were a few channels. Yeah, he brought in millions of eyes. Mm. Yeah, and I don't think the sport would be the people that are making money out of it now. You, Ronnie O'Sullivan's and people mm. like that they have Alex Higgins to thank for that. Mm. It was a time when you had like Bill Werbenick, you know, you had Cliff Thorburn who that was his thing that it took him five minutes to take a shot. You know, you had Tony Knowles that was so say shagging everybody while he was playing. Uh, but but you had all this was Terry Griffiths. And Terry Griffiths, of... but, but you had Ray Reardon who was the Dracula mm. and all these other people that were like the, the superstars of the game. And that, again, that BBC documentary, Gods of Snooker, it's called. Yeah, I've seen it. What a fantastic documentary! Because you don't realise, like you say, why would a snooker player want to be, you know, taking cocaine and stuff? What the hell are they doing that for? But it, they were like rock stars. They were like rock yeah. stars at the time. It was crazy. So yeah, that's my number three. Um, so on to your number three, then, please. Uh, oh, my, no, no, sorry, I got my number four. Sorry, my number four, tennis player. Back in the day, uh, Ollie, I used to play for the county. I mean, it may not look like it. I used to uh, come runner up in our local tournament. And I definitely copied this man's style right down to outfit, tennis racket, the way I served. It was Jimmy Connors. Now, he may not have won loads of things, Mm -hmm. but as a man, as an entertainer, whenever he won a big point, he would be shouting at the sky. He would be pointing at the sky. You'd be going like a, you know, just over the top all the time, fist pumping, shouting at the crowd. And I genuinely studied his serve and copied it right from the fact that he would, his leading foot, he would like tip up. I did that. I grunted the same way that he did when he served. I think for my birthday one year, I got a full Jimmy Connors like <laughs> set of whites. I had a Wilson tennis racket, just like Jimmy Connors. Um, it, I, he's just one of those players. Like I say, was never... Well, he was obviously successful, but not the same as your Borgs, mm. uh, your McEnroe's, uh, Boris Becker, those kind of people. But for me, he will always be my favourite tennis player. I just absolutely love the bloke. Uh, and that's all I've got to say about that. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I think he's a little bit before your time, wasn't he, Ollie? Yeah, I, I certainly know about him. It was kind of like mid-80s to late-90s, Jimmy Collins, mm. wasn't it? Yeah, he'd kind of beat his haircut. But, um, that's right. <laughs> yeah, it's just... Yeah, he's, he's definitely out there. I wouldn't... I, I don't know if... Uh, icon... That's a personal one. I know, yeah, that's a personal one for me. In the fact, if anyone said to me, "Who's your favourite tennis player?" You can f- you can mm. forget about anybody that that has actually taken over the sport. For me, it'd be Jimmy Connors because that's just who I who I looked up to as Idolized. a tennis player. Yeah, as a tennis player, I copied his style 
playing mm. the game, you know. Um, God, I wish I had the Beatles haircut name. Wouldn't that be good? Um, okay, so Ollie, your number three, please. My number three is the icons icon, particularly now, I think. It's David Beckham. Okay. Now, he's not necessarily the best footballer of all time. In fact, he's probably not in the top 50. But certainly the most iconic. He made football interesting to arguably a more feminine audience with his good looks. He had the first kind of massive kind of pop star relationship for a sports star. He was followed everywhere by the press because of antics at the Euros, at the World Cup, the red card being kicked. He was a national disgrace one minute, a national hero a couple years later. Uh, I'm a Man United fan, part of the class of 92. He provided two of the corners in the famous Champions League game against Bayern Munich in 99, in which we won the treble in, a, in a, the dying seconds of the game when all was but lost. He, he got effectively two assists for those two goals. People forget how much of a good player he was, though. He just had a weird technique, which I've not seen replicated since. People have tried it, but he just had this magic way of whipping the ball. I think now he's kind of seen as a, a bit of a sex symbol, a model, philanthropy, entrepreneur, multi-billionaire. But he was a bloody good footballer too and part of some great teams. Not only was he part of the Ferguson's greatest ever team, part of the Galacticos or Real Madrid in the noughties, part of that fantastic team. And then much as how Pele moved to America in his later years, the MLS disbanded in the 80s. When it came back, they didn't have a single kind of rock star signing. David Beckham was that first player. Mm. And uh, then in more recent years, Slatan Ibrahimovic and um, Jermaine Defoe and a few more bigger bigger names have gone over. But he got the ball rolling for the MLS again. So much so, he's got his own team now. They're making money. Attendances are going back up. Um, the female game over there is very strong as well. The men's teams frequently making World Cups in the last 20 years as well. He's changed the sport. Maybe not in a definitely in a more commercial way, particularly bringing it to America state side as well. Mm. And just very, very unique. And he's, I think everyone watches the world cup, particularly sports fans. He's been at some of the most defining moments for England as well. England captain, one of the sexiest men alive and he's nearly 50. <laughs> you sold I mean, us, Ollie. You sold I mean, us. He's, yeah. He's, again, he, I think he's a good example. Maybe similar I never thought I'd say David Beckham similar to Jimmy Connors, but um, maybe not the best, but certainly iconic. But for you, yeah, but for you, see, with our when we when we were uh, guests on your podcast and when you came on the first time, you know, I'm a Liverpool fan, mm. so I've not I've not got got any time for Manchester United. I, you know, it's just a simple simple thing. But I will say that's the one game that I will watch, like the clips of is that Bayern Munich Champions League final because I'm fascinated with the fact that it was like the last two kicks of the game literally that, that won you the Champions League and I've never had a player that I know that I would have hated during the week and then when there was a midweek England game was the one going come on David come on you can do that Greece game that got us yeah. to the World Cup I think it was wasn't it or was it the Euros 2001 yeah and he it was a, that that free kick, I went absolutely fucking mental when he scored that <laughs> goal. You know, and I all the Man United 
just stuff went away because yeah. that that game I can remember that game he never stopped running he ran every inch of that pitch that, his life depended on it quite literally yeah. because the, the the red tops the tabloid newspapers were out to get him yeah and he saved he saved himself his career kind of really started as well from remember he um, scored from the halfway line against Wimbledon against yeah. right. Wimbledon yeah. against Neil Sullivan in goal yeah that turned him from a talented player to a god yeah and um, it's forever replayed as well. I, I have a feeling that we've mentioned Tony Blair before when we've met on a different podcast. <laughs> I'm sure. But it, he gave a story where he was doing some sort of, he just he just became prime minister or around a similar time. And he was visiting some sort of UK embassy in the middle of Cambodia in some sort of jungle. He couldn't speak Cambodian. They couldn't speak English. He was with a bunch of school kids in a play playground and he didn't know what to do. So he just started talking. He just went, David Beckham? And they all knew who he was. Right. Uh, like in the middle of the Cambodian fucking jungle. Yeah, so, um, yeah, he, he's one of those people, maybe similar to Pele and certain other people. You can say his name to people you've never met before. You can't speak the language. They'll know who he is. Yeah, yeah. He's, a, he's a common ground. Yeah, no, that's a good point. That's a very good point. Uh, go on then, Neil, you're number three. So it's probably, to me, a sporting icon that uh, most people would agree is a sporting icon, is Muhammad Ali. Uh, probably could be at the top yep. of most a lot of people's lists. He might be. <laughs> <laughs> but um, he was a great ambassador for the sport. He was a, a great at the sport. Um, he was a great personality away from the sport. Um but mesmerising to watch. I mean, obviously I wasn't old enough to appreciate it when he was actually doing it live, but watching the videos back, uh, he was phenomenal. He was absolutely phenomenal. I always wonder how he would get on today if he was to be a fighter today. I mean, it's not the same game, is it, anymore, really? Whereas back then they had to work their way up the ranks to be able to fight at the top now, seem to be able to pick and choose the fights you want, which always seems to have dragged the sport away a little bit. But yeah, what an absolute sport. You know, we talk of sporting icons and this guy is it. Um, I'm, I'm not too sure how many heavyweight titles he actually won overall. Did I think he? it was around four. Was it? Yeah. So, you know, but if you were to say to any person on the street, I think name a famous sportsman, I think a lot of people would say Muhammad Ali. Is, uh, definitely, if you said the most famous boxer in the world, it would be Muhammad Ali. You know, the guys had a... Uh, talking of Will Smith movies, there you go. It was a great movie, another Will Smith movie. Um, yeah, I don't think there's a lot else we can say about Muhammad Ali. He just is the legend that is, isn't he? And the great interviews with Parkinson, I always, I always say to people, you should watch some of them. Yeah, you know, the one where Freddie Starr tells him the... Uh... The scary story. You ever seen that? Oh yes, I I'll have. put that in the video playlist. Yeah. That's funny. That is, that is very funny. Yeah, yeah. Um, shall we? Shall we wait a little bit for you to say what you want to say about Ali? Uh, you can or? do. You can do. Yeah. Okay, we'll do that then. Okay, uh, my number three was Alex Higgins. So uh, Ollie, your number two was Pele. So Neil, what's your number two? So. I was, um, like I said, introduced to football, whereas I should have been following my dad and I should be a Man United supporter, Ollie. My dad uh, carried on working and neglected to take me to the game. So my uncle jumped, well, my uncle, my cousin jumped in and took me to see Tottenham. Um, 
didn't know a lot about them. Uh, went to see him play Crystal Palace and there was two players on the pitch that really stood out and carried on through the early 80s. And that, this one was Ricky Veer to me. Um, I, he was a poster boy to me. I went to see him a few, I got to see him a couple of times play on the pitch. He was mesmerising. And of course, we mustn't, we mustn't forget the 81-82 FA Cup finals where he just played his little heart out and was fantastic. <laughs> And uh, so it's a personal icon, but for me, he is a footballing icon, true and through. Mm. Yeah, he, I mean, he, he wasn't a uh, he wasn't particularly happy during the first like against Man City, was he? When he got took off in the first no, game, no. Luckily, it went to the replay, and then that's yeah. where he sort of history Sean. was made, wasn't it? Yeah. God, All right, I'm thinking um, Ricky Vera and Aussie Idealists were. Be the two first foreign transfers certainly very early. They were. I, I don't know whether they were the first, but quite possibly. But like you say, they were. Yeah, the around that time, weren't they? Being the first, and what a partnership it was, and well, and with somebody else as well. Uh, but yes, it, that's where I fell in love uh, with uh, Ricky Veer and Glenn Hoddle. Oh, with somebody else. That made <laughs> uh, spoilers. Yeah, oops, I didn't mean to say that. But the, there, it was, you know, they were my poster boys. They got me into the squad. My first name on the back of my shirt was somebody else, you know, that we were talking about and things like that. But it was him that, was there for me at the beginning and still now if people say who are your favourite Tottenham players I have a few a couple and he is right up there one of the greatest FA Cup final goals of all time yeah versus Man City the 1981 yep without a doubt okay uh, my number two pretty much on the same lines as you Neil it's a, a very personal one for me uh, it's a footballer somebody that I've followed their whole career just in as a, a footballer and as management is Kevin Keegan. Mm. Um, I'm not ashamed to say I love Kevin Keegan, as in man love Kevin Keegan. There's something about him as a player, the fact that he didn't look like your usual, you know, he's not, he's short and stocky, but one hell of a finisher. I don't think the guy got this, the, the, the Jew that he should have got as a footballer. Um, you look at some of his clips of some of the goals that he scored. He scored mm. all different types of goals with his head, both feet, from the six-yard box, outside the box. You know, great movement, uh, a great header of the ball for Liverpool, for Southampton, for Newcastle, for England. Just some iconic moments. And then as a manager, he was the kind of manager that was like of his time, I think, but mm. as that that new, new that Newcastle team of the nineties, I think were the best team to never win a Premier League. They mm. should have won a Premier League. Well, they they just, were called the uh, entertainers, weren't they? Yeah. yeah, I mean they were an amazing side, and it was just a, it was such a shame that it didn't work for him for England. I think it was it did just show you that it just was maybe just a little bit too much. Mm. He didn't quite have that to be any you know a successful England manager. Um, He's one of those guys, A, that if I ever met him, I don't think I'd be able to say anything. I think I'd be too much in awe. Um, and then, and also B, when it comes to the time when he passes away, I will be devastated. Mm. He's one of those people for me. I've got a list of about five or six of like movie people and sports people that I know that when they, when they go, it won't just be, oh, that's a shame. 
they've passed away, I'll be, I'll, will be, it'll be Carrie Fisher devastated, like I was when she mm. passed away. It's just that there are certain people that that I think are ingrained in your DNA from a very young age that are, you've grown up with and you you've seen everything that they've done, and uh, he's definitely one of them for me. Okay, so and before, a great head of hair, and a great head of hair. Oh, you see, one of the few England players to win the Ballon d'Or, and the only person to win it twice, I believe, from England. Right, yeah. And he was one of the ones that started the whole perm uh, fashion craze that uh, swept the nation. Even my dad ended up having a perm. (laughs) And I've got the the photos to prove it. God, I wish I could have a perm now. (laughs) I would take the worst haircut ever rather than not having any hair. I just would. Okay, so before we uh, reveal our number one choices, um, Ollie, do you want to give us a countdown from 10 to 2, please? I will do my very best. Number nine, uh, number 10, sorry. Just do a random number. We're going to go seven, four, three. <laughs> uh, for some reason, I completely <laughs> forgot about Tony Hawk at uh, number 10. Uh, number nine was Tiger Woods. Uh, number eight, Mike Tyson. Number seven, Michael Schumacher. Number six, Serena Williams. Number five, Usain Bolt. Number four was Michael Jordan. Number three, David Beckham. Number two, Pele. Wonderful. Number one. Oh, don't oh, say don't number one it. yet. Oh, I was going to ruin it. Oh. Uh, Neil, if you do on 10 to 2, please. Absolutely. So <laughs> 10, Mike Tyson. Number nine, Ronnie O'Sullivan. Eight, Steffi Graf. Seven, Pele. Eight, Barry Sheen. Eight? Five. What uh, is it with sorry. everyone's numbers tonight? Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I have no this idea. Is the, uh, catching. This is a pod for dyslexic sports yeah. fans, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Six, Barry Sheen. <laughs> Excuse me. Five, Pete Sampras. Four, I nearly said six then again. Four, <laughs> Alex Higgins. Three, Muhammad Ali. Two, Ricky Veer. <sighs> okay, my number 74 is John Lowe. <laughs> uh, my 6.3 is Tom Brady. Uh, number eight, Shaq. Number seven, Michael Jordan. Six, Mike Tyson. Five, Tiger Woods. Four, Jimmy Connors. Three, Alex Higgins. And number two, Kevin Keegan. So, Ollie, what is your number one sporting icon? He was mentioned earlier. It is Muhammad Ali. Nice. Um, I don't know. Just everyone knows. You, you might not even be a boxing fan, as Neil said earlier. He is the best that ever lived. And it's objective. It's not even questioned, is it? Um, from a technical point of view, he was the fastest moving heavyweight or maybe of all time. Just hands that just were in kind of like animation, um, suspended in disbelief, really. He just, again, he changed the sport in the way he boxed. Um, but also outside of the sport, and I think that's what make, makes an icon, is not only what they do in the ring, but what they've done out of it. So he's a massive mm-hmm. civil rights activist, um, converted to Islam was formerly known as Cassius Clay of course he, and these were huge controversies at the time in the news when you haven't you know you don't have to worry about Johnny Depp and someone else I've never heard of like these are big things that were going on it was a massive time for change in just in history and he was at, he was at a focal point of history when time was changing so you think about the civil rights movements in the 60s mm. he refused to fight in Vietnam he was stripped of his titles. He didn't box for four years. Now, Tyson Fury, more recently, and younger listeners will know that he was out of the ring for a couple of years, came back. It's incredible because to get to that 
similar to Michael Jordan as well, to get to that level again, particularly in yeah. boxing. But to have four years out and come back and, you know, um, oh, he lost, didn't he? But then he regained the titles later on. Insane. It just doesn't happen. And to do it because he was a pacifist and it was a, you know, against his kind of religion and his, he had his reasons for not doing so. He received death threats. He was one of the most hated men in America at this point. As many people regard him as the greatest boxer of all time, he was hated at one point for not going to war in Vietnam. And, you know, history has proved not only was he right uh, not to do so, and it was a pointless war, but he came back, he proved everybody wrong. He won the titles again and he'd done it in style. Mm -hmm. Um, He was the king of self-promotion as well. The reason boxers talk a good game now is all because of Muhammad Ali. Um, The quotes are just endless. I think my favourite one was... He could um, turn the light off in his bedroom and he'll be in bed under the covers before it went dark. <laughs> um, which, you know, you could just get a bedside light. Mm. Yeah, it might, might bomb you a bit quicker. But um, <laughs> just the, one of the most credible men on the planet as well. Funny, charming, charisma for days. And I think that translates across all sports. If you've, if you know, Even the likes of Ronnie O'Sullivan, arguably the most charismatic sneaker player, would that charisma be there if it wasn't for someone like Muhammad Ali who spoke to the press, spoke to the public, completely being himself and kind of a caricature at times as well. And again, speaking of history, was in the biggest fights of all time, the Thriller Manila, the Rumble in the mm-hmm. Jungle, and they're known by people younger than me. Um, just the perfect sportsman of all time, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah. And he was showbiz as well. He was, he yeah, was the start of showbiz in, in, in boxing, without a doubt. Yeah, I mean, it's it's. I was going to say it's hard to say anything against that, and I haven't got him in my top ten. But uh, uh, you know, it, it makes perfect sense. Obviously, absolutely does. Uh, good one, uh, Neil. Your number one, then, please. So mine would have been Muhammad Ali if I hadn't put the next two uh, selfish icons <laughs> to me in there, and it's Glenn Hoddle for me. And this is basically from when I grew up. Um, like I said before, I had the name. Uh, it was the first football shirt I ever got, the first name on the back. The link-up play that he had with Ricky Veer was fantastic. Um, he was a good footballer. They don't seem to mention him much at all now as being a great footballer because I think his, you know, his controversies when he was England manager has tainted everything that he had achieved before. Um, I actually think he was a great manager. I mean, he took Swindon up to the Premier League. I mean, nobody saw that coming, did they? Um you know, I think he would have been a good England manager if he hadn't been so hooked up with this. What was her name? Eileen or whatever, wasn't it? The uh, guru. Oh, yeah. Eileen Drury, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And all of that palaver. Um, but to me, he was the iconic footballer. He was my poster boy of footballing. Um, and like Pav said, you know, when the day comes that he, which he nearly did not so long ago with his heart attack, you know, I thought we'd lost my one of my legends, and yeah, he's he's the icon to me. And that's all I got to say. There's not a lot else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah, he's regarded as one of the best England players of all time, isn't he? Um, yeah, yeah, speaks volumes. Mm. I I was there when he scored his first goal for England. Oh, were you? I was against Bulgaria. Was it Bulgaria? Yeah, Bulgaria. It was a it was a two nil win. Dave Watson, who used to play for Southampton, scored the first goal, and then Glenn Hoddle on his debut right. scored. And I can remember because it should have been on a Tuesday night, 
and then uh, I dad bought tickets and we went on a coach and we just saw the Wembley well we didn't see the Wembley Twin Towers because um, there was fog and it got called off and then so they rearranged it for the following night so I had to miss another afternoon of school to be able to go and watch it the following night and it was yeah they 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 won two nil against Bulgaria and uh, Hoddle scored his. First and you've goal met him as well, haven't you? Yes, yeah. And that that is the weirdest thing because when he was Swindon manager, the was he the medical guy? Yeah, I think Steve Slattery, his name was, uh, owned the nightclub that I worked at, and they were doing a. Uh, it was like Sing for Britain, some karaoke competition, um, and they put me in as. Uh, an entrant in one of the heats which was at amazingly was at our nightclub right and amazingly there was swindon town there was dave mitchell who was one of the swindon players glenn hoddle was one of the like the simon cowles of it like and mm. amazingly i won which was crazy <laughs> considering it was it was like at wow. the place and the swindon people were like the hosts and then whoever won were then supposed to go onto like the televised round and I was told I had to wear like the 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 you know the oh, what's it what do you call it like the logo of our place on a t-shirt, and I ended up not going. I ended up not. No, I don't think I worked there anymore after the when it got to that bit. But but yeah, I met Glenn Hoddle then. Yeah, and was he a nice very nice? He was a lovely bloke. Really, really nice guy. Yeah, yeah, really, really nice guy. He had a massive cold sore on his lip. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> so I didn't kiss him. Obviously, I, I wasn't gonna. I wasn't Did you gonna... buy the single Hoddle and Waddle? Diamond. No, no. I didn't know. Diamond lights. Yeah. No, I didn't know. <laughs> less said about that one. The yeah, better. less said about that one. The better. Uh, mm. My number one uh, again is a little bit in tandem with my number two. Uh, he took over from my number two. Uh, it's Kenny Dalglish, uh, and pretty much everything I said for Kevin Keegan, I could say for Kenny Dalglish. To be honest. Um, the fact that the guy became an icon as a Liverpool player and then stepped into the shoes um, as the manager and then was just as successful um, until until I think it was Hillsborough that broke him, although he did carry on obviously after that. And then I think it was the 4-4 draw against Everton in a cup match. And after that was when he, when he quit. Uh, but then came back to Anfield a couple of seasons later and, and won the title with Blackburn, which was one of those... I mean, you, you'll know, Ollie, because it, it was Man United West Ham, wasn't it, I think? And it 95, was one all, yeah. And it was one all, and it was like, I can remember that the footage on, on Sky of the, I think Jamie Redknapp scored in the last minute and we won the game 2-1 and there's a guy who looks just like Hugh Grant in the in the, the crowd, absolutely devastated. Then he hears that it's one all at, uh, was it at West Ham that game? I think it was, wasn't it? I think so, yeah. Yeah, and, and then... They'd you know they'd won the title, so the fact that Dalglish had won the title at Anfield was absolutely perfect. It was one of those perfect scenarios. We we won the game. Dalglish won the title at Anfield, but obviously for another club. But it was it was perfect. Um, and now he's an ambassador for Liverpool. He's you know he's always there. Just a, a, and another guy that I wouldn't be able to say anything if I I met him. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't make his day any better. If he just sees a, uh, a grown man crying at his feet, I just think it wouldn't be worth it. It just wouldn't be worth it. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming that you'd be the same if, if you met Alex Ferguson or someone like that, wouldn't you, Ollie? Absolutely. Just what can you say to that someone like that? Yeah. You're not going to make their day any better. I, no, I think. I think you just need to 
being or yeah. like like some sort of godly deity just kind of go I just well saw done. that person I actually did see David Beckham uh, not too long ago I went to watch uh, Man United Arsenal and I saw David Beckham and I could have asked for a photo I chose not to I just he's a part of history it's kind of like yeah. like yeah. it's kind of like um, watching Da Vinci paint the Mona Lisa or something it's just no, just leave, leave him be. Let him let him get on with it. Yeah, yeah just yeah. observe. Just observe. Yeah, because yeah, like I say, if I met Kenny Dalglish, I know after seeing him, he wouldn't be walking away, away going, "That is a, that's a top bloke there that's just that's just just cried at my feet. What a guy! He's really made my day. It's, there's nothing you can do to make it any better. So uh, bless it. So that's it. We've done that. We had a couple of honourable mentions. Uh, Andrew Connor, who's been a guest a couple of times. Uh, hello, Andrew. Uh, Henrik Larsen was his uh, sporting icon. Uh, at FTLOL podcast said, class topic, Michael Jordan and Muhammad Ali are about as iconic as they come. And uh, our friend Stu Grant has got a little bit of a list here. So he says, Michael Jordan, Phil Taylor, Kenny Dalglish, Pele, Ronnie O'Sullivan, Michael Johnson. Uh, that's the runner, isn't it, Michael Johnson? It's not the rugby player. No, it's the runner, isn't it? Uh, oh, yeah. So who is the rugby oh, player? Yeah, isn't the rugby player Michael Johnson? Isn't it Martin Johnson? Martin, Martin Johnson. Johnson. Yeah, Michael Johnson, the runner. Yeah. Uh, Billy Jean King, Muhammad mm. Ali, and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Ooh, controversial. $6 million man. <clears throat> See, I would know nothing about that. No, because no. I know nothing about wrestling, so I couldn't. Oh, and also, and I, also I would say, with all respect, with no disrespect, that's not a sport. That he is became, entertainment. That is entertainment. Say, he became an actor like the rest of them, didn't he? Yeah, but, 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 it's, but yeah, exactly. I, and it's, I say I'm not being disrespectful. I just think that we class that as entertainment because isn't it already sorted out who's winning yeah. and who's not? It's a script and no disrespect, please, wrestling fans. Uh, Okay, we've got it done. Before we go, we need to speak to you, Ollie, about your, uh, your you know, you're now viral. And, uh, kind of, yeah. Which um, I hope you've got some cream for. <laughs> yeah. Explain um, what happened, Ollie. Please. Yeah, explain. Explain, explain it's mad. about it. It's mad. Um, so I did a podcast called The Team of Our Lives. Um, it's all based on football in the noughties. Um, so at the end, as you guys will know, being guests, yeah. we open a packet of football stickers. I've got some here. If you want to open them in a few minutes' time, oh, I um, think so. I think so. Find, try and find some icons. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we open a packet of vintage uh, or classic football stickers from years gone by. I think from mainly from the noughties, as our podcast suggests. And I decided to put one of these pack openings on TikTok. Basically, blew up. Um, got over a million views in like a week. It's now to the extent where. I've got 40,000 followers nearly on the on the old TikTok. I'm buying and selling football stickers. So I've opened up a new business. It's gone bizarre. I've got like over 10 million views on the whole channel. It's uh, yeah, It's gone absolutely berserk. In fact, I opened a packet from 1986, about an hour ago, a couple of hours ago. So from the World Cup in 1986, I opened a packet. Didn't find Glenn Hoddle, I'm afraid. Wow. Um, or Kenny Dalglish, but, yeah. um, who are both at that tournament. Yeah. Um, yeah, but um, yeah, I love doing it. I love interacting with uh, people speaking about sport and sport history. It was kind of what we do, and yeah, we've built this really kind of strong community on the, on TikTok. And uh, yeah, if you want to follow me, give me a find me out, Jenks Ollie J E N K S 
O-double-L-I-E. I do packet links from yeah from the 1980s all the way up to present day, really. It's mad. We'll put the link uh, on the show notes so that people can just uh, hopefully click on it or at least yeah, have sure they'll find it. It's all about at, isn't it? You have to put the at. Oh, um, it's a pain in the ass, yeah. Something like that, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's uh, that's awesome. I have looked, watched a few, so some of those ten million are are me watching some of. Them. I just find oh. it. I think it is one of those things. It's just fascinating because you don't know what's in that packet, do you? You know, I did. Uh, it's the reactions. I think a lot of people follow for. There's some people looking like football. We just. Um, either in it for my sexy voice or um well i think it's that just, as well yeah. yeah or just my reactions to getting it i think I, I got a really rare um lionel messi from like 2005 and some of them sell for like thirty thousand pounds speaking of Pele, as we've done earlier so he's also the most expensive ever football sticker to sell for 1.3 million dollars wow from 1958 whatever it was but um wow. Yeah, there's money in this to be made as well. So, uh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, so you're going to open that. You're going to open that pack. Yeah. So what I thought I'd give you a glimpse into the uh, the magic that happens on TikTok. So I've got a pack here from the 2010 World Cup vintage year because it's the first World Cup in Africa. Um, you're going to find the likes of Messi and potentially Ronaldo in here as well. Um, from 12 years ago. So this pack's been sealed for over a decade, which is quite incredible. That's um, so I open it now. You can feel the hear the rip in the microphone. Here we go. Nice. There we go. <laughs> so what we do on the pods is that we get our guests on, we open the packet and we kind of rank it out of 10. Not sure where you guys finished or if we finished what we're doing. Well, we were well, we were top, I think. I think we had a really good pack. But I haven't seen lately, so maybe somebody might have. I think we were joint top. It was like 72, was that a good... 7.2 maybe. 7.2, something yeah. like that. I so think. yeah, we have a top gear style leaderboard and we mm. kind of rank our guests. Rank not, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. So, here we've got in this 2010 pack we have uh Lucas Tiara of South Africa, um, not a great one, let's be honest. Okay, we have Ooh. the shiny Argentina badge, it's always wow. good to get a shiny. That's nice, I like that quality mm. stuff. There, that would that would um score highly if we were scoring. Who else do we have here? We have the Portugal team, so that has Ronaldo in it oh, somewhere, not bad at all, <clears throat> very not good, not bad at all, very good. Well, we've got half, half of a stadium in Johannesburg. Okay. So just half the capacity. And finishing off with Walter Samuel uh, of Argentina, playing for Roma, Inter Milan and Real Madrid. So a very good player. Yeah, there we go. So that's... Uh, that's Wonderful. I bought him for exciting. Liverpool on a football manager. One did you? Day. I did, yeah. I can always remember that name, Walter Samuel. Yeah. Sounds what a great British. way to finish the pod. Thank you so much for that, Ollie. Um, Thank you, guys. I'm gonna I'm gonna snip that little bit of the video and stick it on TikTok and see if we get 10 million views for that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just ride your coattails for a little bit. Um, uh, before we do say our goodbyes, Neil, do you want to tell everybody how they can get involved? And uh, yes, of course. So I'll touch? fly fly through this, listen ahead, and find out all the bits. So you can find us on all the social medias at Top Ten Pods. Give us a click, give us a like, give us a follow. Email us at Top Ten Pods at Hotmail where you can suggest any categories that you can think of. Come and help support the podcast at patreon.com forward slash Top Ten Pods, where there's loads of rewards, including being a guest yourself. Come and check those out, and check out all of the links via the link tree find the link in the show notes and finally please come and subscribe leave us a rating or review wherever you get your podcast from wonderful and remember if you are a uh middle floor or top of the tower um tier podcast patreon subscriber you'll be able to watch the video playlist there's going to be some wonderful videos on there 
especially with all these different icons and loads of fantastic moments. Uh, but no Steffi Graf porn. No, we're not going to put those on the... Uh, no, th- that's keep, just for the... keep that to yourself. I will keep that to myself. I will uh, do some extensive research uh, after we finish recording. So, uh, <laughs> Ollie, thank you so much for joining us. It's always fantastic to chat to you, mate. Thank you so much. Yeah, appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me on. Awesome. I will also put the link to the Team of Our Lives podcast as well on the show notes. Please have a listen to that if you're a fan of the... Orties, is that what you call it? The Norties? Norties, yeah. The Norties. There you go. Um, it's definitely worth a listen. Neil, thank you so much as always. Thank you very much, pal. Thank you very much, Ollie. It's been great to see you again. Cheers, guys. See you, my boys. Thank you very much. Uh, let's go start the countdown. Ten, nine, Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.